Frostproof is what, 19? No, they have like 30 individual bays. I don't remember. Well, no, the one was broken up into five. So that would have been take five off. They have like 25 competition pistol bays. Plus like okay. four training bays they don't use for that. Mm, okay. All right. So there would be one. All right. I'm trying. How many? Tulsa could do it. I figured they could. NRA winning in center could do it. St. George could do it. There's two ranges in Vegas that could do it. Well, and I heard, yeah, I heard St. George made, I guess they had issues the last time Nationals was there and they fixed that problem. Yeah, they made the base too narrow, but they're, I've seen they've been working on that too. So, Well, I also heard that there were um, complaints of stray rounds landing outside of the range. Yeah, they, they moved the direction of fire. Right. So Away they, from they the houses. So. That. Yeah, that's not now an issue. You, you have front sight in Vegas. Yeah. I assume that is one. What's the other one? I'm not. Oh, that's not even one I was counting. You have oh. Desert Sportsman <laughs> and the other one south of town. So there's three there, okay. I guess. I'm, so how many at World Shoot, how many shooters, how many competitors were there? Do you know? 1,300, I think, that ended up competing. But they had slots open that. They didn't even have people shooting in. People registered like the day before the main match and were able to shoot it. Wow. They have a hybrid schedule where they have six shooting uh, six shooting days, but you only shoot five of those six, so they actually have, I think, seven rotations that you could be on. So could you see something like that type of a format then where you have that many shoots? I think that's too long. Oh, you think so? Yeah, I think so. I think four days is kind of the magic number for that. And you could do a three-day staff match beforehand. So how many competitors, not counting staff, just competitors, do you think you could fit in in a four-day match like that? Well, if you have six... So you, just so you have a morning afternoon set. So we're going to du- just double this number at the end. So okay. you have 24 bays, right? Yep. You have a squad on each one. Okay. Say that's 12 people per squad. 12 times 24 okay. is, well, it's going to be 240 plus 48. So 24, 48. Or, 272 or 288? Oh, I counted 24. Yeah, 72. Okay. No, 64. 264. Okay. Yeah, 264. So yeah. double that. Okay, so 5... 324. Huh? 534? Yep, five, 524. Okay. 260, or wait, we say 262 or 264 now. I don't know. Now I, I don't forgot. Know. Okay, so we're close. We're like two, 260. We'll call it an even... I mean, 560. 520. Good Lord. Whatever that number comes out. So there's 520. Yeah. So then you can have... You can... Huh? No, that's for the match. That's for the match. For the whole match. Yeah. Now, how many individual... Okay, so let's look back then. Last year, you had... I'm not going to count. Um, like so I did the number. I did the number in 2021. There's roughly 900 unique entries in the nationals. That includes all the staff. 900. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So that's competitors plus staff. Yeah, and there's roughly 1,200 entries for nationals. 900 of them were unique. So how many? What? How many of those 900 do you think would be staff? 200, 150? 150 probably. Okay. So now we're looking at about 750. Yeah. You could change. You could. Are you still there? Yeah. 24 bays time. If you go to 14 people per squad, that's 672. If you went to a 28 bay times 12, 336 times 2 is 672. So if you went to a 28-bay match range, had seven, basically seven stages per rotation, seven bays per rotation, that's 672, right. only 12 people's squads. If you bumped it up to 14, that's 
what is that? 28 times 14 times 2, that's 784. I don't, I don't think right. that many people will shoot it. I think you get enough, you that so? many, no. I think you, you get it, well, I don't know, actually. I, I think you could get. It'd be more of an event, yeah. 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 I mean, even if you, let's just say you had 750 slots. Yeah. At some point. Uh, I'll just say above 500. I don't know what the number would actually be, but above a certain number, you're going to more than break even. You know what I mean? Uh, that's not true though, because you'd have to have more no? staff. You have sponsor so, slots that would be built in there. So okay. if you had 750 shooters, mm -hmm. I really think you sell some, some pre-match slots though too. If you have a hundred staff that shoot the pre-match, you might as well have a hundred shooters there also. So you're taking two hundred out of the nine? No, you add that to the seven fifty. So it'd be nine fifty. Yeah, you'd have nine hundred and fifty slots. Okay. Because not all staff staff will Good or bad, there's staff that don't shoot. And it's not a bad thing, in my opinion. I think it makes sense. Like, if that's their hobby, they want to come out, still be a part of the event, it's good. Now, I just I just ran a quick number. Yeah. If you opened it up for 750 competitors, mm -hmm. if you can get 30 bays, then you come down to 12 and a half people per squad. Yeah. It's doable. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, if you could get 30, you could literally do five different areas shooting. Yeah, because yeah. you could do stages one through six. That would be that group, mm -hmm. you know, and then just do six stages a day. Or if you're doing four, so it'd be seven stages one day, eight another. So you're still getting, yeah. you know, eight, eight squads. Yeah. You know, in a in a morning and an afternoon type of a thing. So it would be interesting. You know, you'd have increased staff costs just to have the bodies and the ROs on and CROs and extra RM for the sections because they can't all cover one. So there would be added staff costs to that, but that's bringing in roughly $240,000, $250,000 as revenue from it. But they they would probably spend more than that. But do you think you could, with something like that, do you think you could make money or not even make money, just break even with it? I think if they were required to stay within that budget, yes, you could You could break even with it. Apparently, okay. there's no budget set for any of the matches. I was straight up told that I can't tell you what this is going to cost us, even though the person that's been doing it had been doing it for multiple years at that point at that same location. So they had years of historical data and they were, they straight up said that I can't give you that information. Okay. Was the range fee even the same each year or do you know? Uh, that was already decided. They had that information and that's such a small number. It's not even, it, it's a, it, so they've done it where they pay like per shooter fee to the range or a set fee to like rent the range for a certain amount of time. It, it's just how the contract is built and set up. It's different for right. everywhere. And it's been different on the same range location also before. Like from year to year? So like yeah. Frostproof would be per shooter one year and then it's just a total number? I think, yeah. It's been done like that, yeah. I'm not sure exactly with Frostproof, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just using that one as an example though. Okay. Yeah. Now I've been I've been asking people um like all of the last quarter of last year where they would like to see nationals held. What I really don't you? care. I I think Vegas no? was great because it had a ton of stuff to do outside of the match. Right. There's attractions for literally everything you can think of around there to do no matter what your interests were. Agree. Uh, the the stuff is relatively cheap. Every there's direct flights from probably more direct flights into that than the major hubs like Atlanta, Minneapolis, all that stuff. Like take that out of it. 
there's probably more direct flights there than anywhere else. I, I, for SHOT Show, I flew direct from Richmond to L, uh, Vegas and back. Yeah. And Richmond's no hub. It, it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of stuff there to do. I actually said um, it, ha it hasn't found a whole lot of popularity, but I don't care, damn it. I'm sticking to it. Um, Why? <laughs> I said I would like to see like a, a carry out since carry optics is getting so big. Yeah. Have a carry optics nationals the week before shot show. And you get the uh, NSSF involved and you've got a lot of people. You've got the whole industry there anyway, coming in that week and that weekend problem is they're already there so if you do that before the match you'll have people you'll have people having to come in early it to be a part of it so it's not like yeah, they yeah. can just leave tuesday night and go look at and watch the the last few stages of the nationals they'd have to come in early for it the people that are in the industry there's so much work that goes into that event it's i would not want to do that if i was actually having to work shot show like, that would be not ideal at all. And the weather, were you at range day? No, but I was out by the ranges. I was doing some hiking. Yeah. So I it, know what the weather was. It's not very comfortable. I didn't think it was all that bad. The wind and everything? Oh, yeah, and fine. cold? Yeah. Uh, man, I tell you what. Try shooting rifle in that. I'd much yeah, rather I, shoot pistol yeah. in that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it, it's... This episode is brought to you by Laser App, L-A-S-R App. They specialize in laser dry fire training, super convenient, and not to mention super cheap. You can use anything for a dry fire target and any device with a camera for capturing the laser hits. There's even a 30-day money-back guarantee. And it's veteran-owned, Semper Fi, Ben. You can utilize multiple targets and multiple cameras, it can be as complex or as simple as your heart desires. They even sell steel challenge banners. They sell cert guns and the cert AR bolt so you can practice indoors with your AR for free. There's a newsletter and a forum you can join. When you sign up for the newsletter, they'll send you a free six-part video series. Check out their website. It's a smorgasbord of items to make you better faster. Use the affiliate link on our website or at the bottom of our podcast notes and on YouTube for a 15% discount. Also, use our coupon code in the store for 10% off of other items not necessarily covered by our affiliate link. Thanks for your support, everyone. Without your support, this podcast would be difficult to maintain. Well, and keeping not ideal. cardboard targets stapled to a 1x2 is going to be a challenge. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that was that was quite the wind. I, I will agree. I know, but I, I still like the idea. But like you, uh, several people have said what you said. And if it so, was after the the shot show, you'd have a bunch of people sign up, and then a bunch of people no show because shot show was a shitty week beforehand or something like that. So uh, yeah, yeah, if they had a good I mean, week, they'd show up. If they too. had a bad week, they'd just say, "Oh, I'm skipping and I'm going home." Been gone a week already. Well, and no it's draining. Line. It's very draining. Yeah. I think I walked 12.7 miles at Chacho. Yeah, it is. It was, uh, and it was just a sea of humanity this year. Yeah. <laughs> last year was nice. Yeah. Last year wasn't too bad. It was, and there were, you know, cause well, you know, CZ didn't come. Safari land didn't come. Beretta didn't come. There were so many companies that did not make the trip last year. It was looked rather vacant. But this year, everybody showed up and their brother. I mean, I didn't, I, I barely saw anybody that I even recognized. There were a lot of people that were there that were like, oh, let's try to, you know, link up. You never saw anybody. All right. So let's talk um, limited optics. I do feel like this is one of those times where a very small number of people are going to be getting a provisional division. But anyway, oh, a very minority of people shooting yeah just off. a small number of people seem to be driving this whole provisional uh division 100 thing. i 100 believe that also i think it's a lot of the sponsored shooters are pushing it the gun builders are pushing it okay i've actually seen since this kind of came up in the last year roughly 
I've seen five people shooting a limited optics gun in limited. Or sorry, limited optics in open. So basically like a slide ride 2011. I've seen five people in all the matches I've shot and seen people at. Well, that's a very high percentage. It is not a very high percentage. <laughs> yeah, that was a high. Ex- uh, that was an extreme amount of sarcasm. Yes, I know. <laughs> uh, I, I've come to the saying. I think the gun weight matters more than the trigger system. So, like a okay. polymer gun, if you, I'm trying to let's try to stay on topic. So, creating a new division. Okay. I'm not going to talk about adding it to carry optics. It's just silly. You'd have to change too many of the current care optics rules to allow those guns in. And okay. if you changed a smaller number and then like if they had could just take their magwells off, like no one wants to do that. No one wants to shoot those guns without magwells on them, to be honest. Right? Right. So right. that's not even really a talking point at this point. Doesn't make sense. They can't currently change the care optics rules to get them in until 2024, which we talked about earlier. Correct. So that's that's not even the conversation. I don't know what I was talking about before, but there's such a small number of people that are shooting these guns. I think it's mostly the, the manufacturers, the people that are shooting for the manufacturers. It's not a lot of people. I think we should be doing divisions based on what like the game mechanic it is. And so the easiest way to talk about this is we have PCC, which is a rifle. That should have its own division. We have revolvers that are revolvers. They should have their own division from the semi-autos. So those are easily things to vastly separate those divisions from other divisions. When we get into semi-auto handguns, pistols, everything gets closer than those two that we previously talked about. So... The big ones that come to mind are compensated, non-compensated, optics, iron sights, magwells, no magwells, like high capacity, low capacity. Those are the big ones. You have power factor that's in there also. So major versus minor. Those are the big ones that we should be using to craft the divisions. Now, at some point, I think the weight, like a weight, like if you have a 40 five ounce gun competing against a 29 ounce gun. Yes. The outliers that are going to be able to compete no matter what gun they're using. We know they exist. They've proven that the gun doesn't matter, but to the bulk of the people, it 100% matters. It is a easier thing to shoot a heavier gun than a lighter gun. 100%. It is easier to shoot a heavier gun than a lighter gun couple of things so what what is so the the five i'm just going to quote it as the five people sure so the five the reason for this uh limited optics thing is it just because they want to have so a higher round capacity or what what's the i think it comes down to they don't want to shoot major power factor ammo on limited optics and open I, I think that's one of the factors. They don't want to shoot major power factor ammo, so they want that to be a minor-only division. I think that's one of the things. They don't want to... I, I think that's probably the biggest thing. People want to buy factory ammo, cheap 9mm. They don't want to reload. Just like okay. optics, how that became popular. It's cheap ammo. If they do reload, it's easy to get. I think major power factor is a huge like negative side of people getting into open. So they they literally like I've always claimed for years that carry optics is the cheap man's open. Yeah. Um, you've got an optic. You've got a higher capacity or higher round capacity. Um, so it it does make it fun. Um, but in this instance, I mean, literally, you could have your magwell, your slide racker, yeah, your optic, your twenty two rounds of nine millimeter. There's and- only three things that distinguish limited optics from open it's comps frame mounted dots and major power factor and magazine capacity i guess so there's four right because the 170 yeah that's the only difference between those two divisions division should group like equipment together so it's not having a revolver compete against a semi-auto okay so that should be 
the the division should group like equipment and they should be different enough that there's not two that are basically the same. So you, we should use those big things in the game, like comps, optics, irons, magwells, capacity, major, minor. We should use those to determine what divisions we should have. And if you use those, you could go down a little further. It, it, you basically build a table, like uh, comps on this line, and then you have like, and then like where they inter intersect that like that's a division. It's vastly different equipment. But it's like equipment competing against like equipment in there. Now, would that right. pretty much remove some of the current divisions we have? Yeah. So would we would set it would be setting a, up for not having to make a bunch of changes later on if a small group of people wanted to start shooting something different and then started petitioning for it. Mm. Okay, so you prevent this from happening in the future. Yeah. Okay. Now that would take a lot of foresight for the board to do, which the way they rushed out all these changes and the proposed limited optics doesn't tell me they're thinking that far ahead. They're only addressing what's right in front of them at the moment. Whose job or which role do you think it would be to think ahead and the boards? It's 100% in the boards. That's what the board is there to do. So, but by the board, are you, do you mean that just the area directors or the president or both? All th both of those in combination. Yeah. So it's not necessarily one person's job no, it's responsibility. Not, no, it's the not entire at all. boards. Yeah. Okay, that's what I was trying to figure out. Now, do you think though that at the end of the year, after they've allowed this provisional division? Do you think there would even be enough data to support making it permanent, or do you think they... Uh, you're going to need two regardless? years minimum, and they need to have criteria before they put it out there. Do I think they will? Unknown at this point, but I think I bet they probably won't, because Yeeman had got on a podcast and talked about it once they put that out, that they don't even have criteria for judging if it was a success or a failure, or if it was neither success or failure, and we'll just add it as is could they have changed that between the podcast and what they did in the in-person meeting sure i don't know that at this point i hope they did because if not we're just going to get a division and and it's going to be provisional for a year or two and then it's just going to 100 percent be added as a non-provisional like it's permanent division at that point now when they did carry optics did they have criteria set in place and this is no. what we're going to... No one was thinking about that then. Interesting. So I guess PCC was the same way. There was Same no... way, yeah. Same, same okay. with production when they added that. No one's thought about that. Hmm. Interesting. Now, has a chart been created that could be submitted to say, hey, how? why don't we use this going forward as a way to determine whether or not it would be a new division or not well you couldn't do it right away so it would take it would be so if they if someone did submit the chart it wouldn't be hard to create the chart it'd take maybe maybe a couple hours to sit down and maybe an hour to do it the first time then review it later on and submit it and then you circle circulate it around to people before submitting it and then hopefully the board would circulate it to people and talk about it and publish it and get feedback on it but you can't do that. You'd have to do that. Okay, so all the divisions are this way through December 31st, 2022, and January right. 1st. It, it, this actually would have to happen the next year based on the current bylaws. So they would have to basically, like, production doesn't exist. Care optics doesn't exist. This new division with this, basically, this game mechanic in it of no magwells, low capacity, iron sights, that's a division. And if it fits in that, that's what whatever you want to call it right. at that point. I don't think names really matter at this point because right. what is limited, what is... This episode is brought to you by Gun Butter. Gun Butter is a premier lubricant for your rifle or pistol. They have grease for parts that need it like lugs on a bolt gun. 
man, do I love a bolt gun. It's a proprietary blend that they won't even trademark so as not to have to give away their trade secrets. Check out the video I put up on YouTube. Uh, look for another one coming soon. I even ran into Rick Powers, an RO at Carry Optics Nationals. He switched to it after listening to our podcast with Mason Litchfield. He loves it. Rob Epifania uses and loves it. Frank Shue uses it and loves it. Use Casual Shooter 20 and save 20% on checkout. Open, like it, who knows? Like names at this point do not matter. They don't reflect the divisions. Production has not been production probably for since it came out two years after it came around. Definitely after Troy changed the external rules, it was no longer production at that point. It is not production okay. off the shelf guns. It, it just right. doesn't, not, it's not there. So, I mean, in, in essence, then what we're talking about is an evolution of practical shooting in the United States where you have a complete realignment of the divisions yes. based on this chart, using yep. it going forward. And okay. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you did it at the right pace, I don't see the issue behind it, you know? Yeah. But now going back to something you said earlier about like when you were <clears throat> talking about the rules changing or proposed rule changes for production. Yeah. Like, like no, um, third party base pads, you know, they would have to be, or, or any base pad or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Realigning the divisions to that extent. Do you think there would then be a cost to the competitor or do you create the chart in such a way that? You so the, that the least number of factors. So if we said that perfect number, let's say there's always going to be PCC, always going to be a revolver because they're so different than everything else. Okay. If you say there's four other divisions or six other divisions within the semi-auto gun action type or whatever, you can use that criteria and narrow the divisions down that I think, although not ideal, like if you have aftermarket base pads on your production gun now and the new division that's low cap, iron sight, no magwell, minor power factor doesn't allow it in the future, would that cost the sh the member some money? Yes. But in the long run, if those were the only four factors for that division, those four rules, minor only, low cap, iron sight, no magwells, those four. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. And it would work for, I haven't been able to think how that would not work in the future. And I think Kenny Platt has said it like limited and open have had the least amount of modifications to it because they were the most unrestrictive divisions. And everything else has been loosening restrictions, loosening yes, restrictions. Exactly. Loosening yeah. Restrictions. So if you just had those four factors and then say if you had a major power factor, high capacity, iron sight with Magwell, that's basically limited now. Right? Right. Yep. So okay. every limited gun would fit within that. Because honestly, those are the big factors. Like, does a slide racker really change anything? Does it make it easier for certain things? Yes. Is it a big enough factor that you need to use that in the the chart to determine like if it should be used in a division or not? Yeah, I could see where it wouldn't matter. Maybe in the low cap, non-magwell, iron sight, minor division, those are not allowed. But maybe they are. Like less restrictions, the better. Maybe. Like it, it's a definite question that if we. If you figured that out, you would figure it out for the next 20 years and wouldn't have to mess with it again. I, I do like the simplification of it. I mean, that's <clears throat> right now you've got to go through and read a whole bunch of stuff to figure out, you know, if your gun complies or not. So you, you could remove the production yeah. gun list at that point. You could remove the carry optics list. You could really remove the box or you could add that in there that I honestly don't know what it does at this point i know troy doesn't go around and ask and check guns if they fit the box or not he asks the manufacturer to verify that it fits within that but it's not none of the production guns or carry optic guns are verified before they actually get put on that list really no the man it's on the manufacturers to turn that in and make sure their guns are compliant that's why sig had guns on the list that mags were above 140 
Because they fit the box. No, they didn't fit the box. They they sold oh, okay. the guns with base pads that were longer, and it was on the competitor to check that. But the gun was approved mm. as is. Same oh, okay. with the Berettas. Okay. The Berettas were approved as is, even though they the model they sell has safeties that are too wide for it. And I'm not picking a sp- specific person. Like it, they sell a model that is too wide to fit the box. That is approved you. for production. I, I think anytime you can simplify rules, I think you're better off. But yeah, and and I didn't, and and this is not a criticism of anybody. But when they increased the carry optics to 59, I didn't quite so understand stupid. that. I was it's like, so stupid. I just felt, why not make it no weight limit? They essentially did. Yeah, but then why put a number on it? Why not just put unlimited? And and eventually, you know, people are going to realize that, okay, this is too much. I need to back it back down. So, you know, people will find the right weight for them. Correct. And that's not a minimum weight. That's a maximum weight. Correct. So the people that are running around saying those guns weigh more than my open gun are using that as a false narrative because not all the guns weigh that much. Like I'd say hardly any of them actually weigh that much. I couldn't imagine running around with a, a, a 60 ounce gun. There, there's, you know? a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a tipping scale where it doesn't make sense at some point. Right. And that's what I mean. You know, people are going to learn that above x number of ounces it's counterproductive you need to back that that number back down yeah so like i i when i picked up that steel rival i was like "Mm, i don't know that you know brass back strap is necessary on this gun so maybe maybe not it might not be you know what i mean i yeah going from the plastic guns to the steel guns on the shadow twos like i'm not going to put added weight on that now how much does a shadow two weigh I think they're 46 ounces from the factory. My CO okay. gun is the one that had to be lightened to get to the 45 ounces when they put that weight limit on it to restrict certain guns out of the division. So, so I'm still using a... a 45 ounce gun. Yeah. Do you see an advantage of a 59 ounce gun? No, I don't. I, okay. I think it was put on there so it would never be a factor. And they could still say that they have a weight limit. Okay. If you put a weight so high that everything is within it, it's essentially no weight limit. Even though if you... Right. You're just playing word games at that point. Well, and and that was my point. Again, I don't don't claim to have shot all the different pistols out there, but I cannot imagine a 59-ounce pistol having any more advantage over a 40-ounce pistol. It would not. It would not. I feel like it would be a detriment, but I could be wrong. Who knows? I, no, unless but, unless we're talking like Bianchi Cup or something where, you know, you just want the slide moving and the gun staying perfectly still, but because you're doing bullseye style shooting. I still think it'd be, there's a point where it doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I agree. Let the competitor choose. The land anchor. At this point, it doesn't matter. So I do want to talk about competitions with cash prizes yeah i feel like like with ipsic they're growing they're getting more popular you just had prairie fire rank yep um where tim yackley won 50k yeah nils walked away with 20 um joe shoot i can't think of his last joe name. farewell joe farewell thank you yeah sorry joe uh walked away with 10 it's huge so, money it's huge money. Huge money. Huge money. Now you've got uh, the Buckeye Blast. Not nearly as much money. Right. Dragon's Cup offers money. These so they've done are... it every year there. Right, but they're still new. Yes, this will be the third year. Right. So yeah. that's new. Prairie Fire. I know they were talking about a million dollars this year. But I don't know if that's going to happen because of the acquisition of Front Sight. Um, I'll know more because I've got an interview with Lanny coming up next week. That'd Lanny be interesting. Barnes. Yeah. Uh, the current model we have in the shooting sports is not sustainable with that kind of money. So there's yeah. not multiple people putting that money in. 
it's usually coming from a single very Seriously. wealthy like donor or owner of something it's not like funded by x company is giving away this much money so whenever they realize that it doesn't make sense or they change what they want to how they want to advertise it another company steps in and gives that same money we don't have the system in place to do that we don't have enough publicity or people interested in tuning in to make that value to the sponsors work right and i don't disagree and, and that my concern is that their candle burns out quickly um it's like three gun nation uh towards the end the companies were realizing it wasn't worth what they were having to spend on it and there was other issues with how that went down about how the network took it off uh so this episode is brought to you by hoist hoist your iv level rehydrating electrolyte blend of sodium potassium magnesium and calcium it's clinically proven to hydrate 110 percent faster than water chris gelnet was on episode 63 and gave his own personal testimony he had a bad experience with the heat at Area 8 in 2021 when temps were near 100 and the humidity was high. He was ready to quit with three stages to go. He had mentally checked out. Afterward, he listened to Episode 48 with Rachel Trotta, decided to try Hoist, bought a case off Amazon, started using it at locals, and found, hey, I'm not fatigued at the end of the day. So he took it to Area 5. And at the end of the day, he was ready to shoot the match again. As a matter of fact, he even had a stage win on his last stage. Man, they have all the best flavors. They have watermelon, peach mango, dragon fruit, strawberry lemonade, grape, and I'm sure I'm missing a few. It's probably the only beverage that I've tried that I like all of the flavors. You can buy it either in a powder and mix it with water. Or you can buy it pre-mixed, whichever way you prefer. But check it out, get hydrated, stay hydrated, use Casual Shooter and save 10% or be like Chris and have a recurring subscription and save 15%. But the company, there's not enough companies come in and replace that money after, let's say, what, Marlboro used, like Winston Cup, right? They used to yep. sponsor it. Now it's... Correct. Who, who who's the sponsor uh, now um shoot i can't think of it but you're right it's not whoever it is they've had multiple sponsors since then and i'm sure they're getting the value out of that because it's on tv everywhere people are wearing the clothes there's people seeking out that and they see the name same with like the f1 sponsors with red bull and all the other stuff right yeah, the eyeballs cool. are there. We don't have the eyeballs to get the money that those types of events are getting. Right. I mean, NASCAR is on TV every almost every weekend. Well, it's, it's probably almost to... every day there's some NASCAR thing. Right. On TV every day, and people listen to it and watch it and tune into it. Until we do, like UFC is a good example, right? No one used to watch that. Now they have Reebok sponsoring it. Like Reebok is, or is it Reebok something like that? Um, it no, it was um, Reebok is one, but I'm trying to think of the other. They make they're not. It's not spandex, but it's that uh, Under Armour. Under Armour is a oh, big yeah. one. Okay, yeah. Reebok, yeah. Under Armour is a big one. They're obviously seeing that it, the advertising they get from that is worth it. For them to spend the money, but yes, absolutely. that sport came from basically nothing and very little, and they had to change how they were doing it and how they were advertising and how are they putting it on TV and everything. It evolved over time. It if, did. If USPSA or action pistol shooting type sports don't, it will never get to that point. Now, do you see? a path to which that could happen. I think the only pathway is getting rid of hit factor scoring because it's not fast enough. Uh, okay. Just think of by? all the sports that are on TV right now. The scores instant. It's easy for the casual watcher to come in and, and know the scores. 
baseball, they hit it out or they like they round home plate that's a score. Golf, it's however many hits to hit in the hole. Basketball is shots in the basket. Football is in the end zone or through the field goal. Very simple People scoring. have to wait to see the score. Yes. Racing, it's yeah. literally the person in first. <laughs> it, it literally is. Yeah. So it's like the Olympics. Our scoring is way too complicated. <laughs> Steel challenge. There's multiple strings, so you have, to, you have to add it up. Like, no one's going to do that math in their head. Is there a path? Yeah, but it's not in the current hit factor scoring method or steel challenge. Okay. It's probably some kind of time plus with reactive targets that people can say, oh, well, the clock ran 10 seconds, 10.05 for this guy, and he had all his hits, so his score is 10.05. This guy ran in 9.50, but he had a miss, so that's 10.50 because of the miss. Very simple, easy way to score. Okay. Now, I did feel that like the prairie fire rank system is one that could possibly work because with the with the first two rounds it was bullseye but you could easily put that up on a screen and know whether people were in yep. or out you know what yep. i mean and then rounds three and four were against different people so it was essentially could, a race yeah right, between two people Whoever shot yeah. all the steel down first, right? One. Yeah. So there, it's a mini race. Progressed. Yeah. Yeah. That would be easily put on TV. Yeah. Knockdown steel is a way to do it too. The reset time in between is a little long, but you get enough people that can be yeah. quick, and you don't need to worry about repainting in between rounds because the steel falls or it doesn't. Yeah, or you hear the hits on it, hit right. indicator, something like that. So. There's a path for it. I'm, I'm not. I, we definitely don't have the right leadership and staff at the organization. I'm not talking about the directors or president. We don't have the right staff to do that. And I don't even know if USPSA is the right people to do it. I think it'll take something else that, like USPSA people, IDPA people, bullseye people, like something that all the hobby organizations feed into to do it. Now, could that new thing take over everything else? Yeah, it could, but it's a lot of work. It'd take a ton of money. And I think you probably have to get people that have experience with the doing that stuff for other types of sports or organizations. Cornhole is a good example. Like, how did they do it? Yeah. What the? But that's instant. You know the score, right? You know the score, it's not as instant as golf or basketball or any of that, but you can figure out the score pretty easily. Well, when I watch it on ESPN, it's right there. You know, it, it, yeah. every time they pick up the little beanbags, like, oh, now it's a 15 to 11. Yep. It's like, what? I mean, it's like curling. It's like, come on, that's not super exciting, but somehow it makes it onto TV. Well, it's other winter sports that are going on at the time. There's not much else. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do. Change the season. <laughs> now, but I, I could see, look, and, and I love the idea of Prairie Fire Rank. I think it's cool like, too. Yeah. My concern is um, there are a lot of executives in that organization. I've, I've gone through and looked at a lot of stuff. There's a, a lot of big name people former generals, colonels, all kinds of stuff from all over. Yeah, that could be they, their model, though. I'm sure their model is not just that competition. I'm sure it has to do with training at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, too. But what I am, what I do like about that is maybe them working in coordination with some of these other organizations like USPSA, IDPA, and them, now, maybe you have a different mindset out there that can work with these other organizations and help them get to that point. Yeah. That's where I see yeah. the benefit of like prairie fire. Yeah, I can see that. I think uh, my other concern is when was that event? It was in October. How much media have you seen after it, after the initial week of put, posting from the people? Have you seen any? I have not anything. Any YouTube videos? Any things that, that where they bought a spot on Outdoor Channel, or anything like that? 
I have not. It's already past time when that stuff should have been out. It's already in the, like that stuff has to be like delivered within. I'm sure there's some not set amount of time. Like the cornhole event is on a Saturday, and they put it. I think it's live sometimes, right? Yes, it is live. They're champions, but originally, but originally it wasn't, and there was some lag time in between. And then as it gets more popular, that lag time has to reduce. Right. Yeah, and and um, I forget who now it was I was talking to, but that was one of the things I brought up was I haven't seen any of the videos. Like Crystal was there interviewing yeah. people behind the scenes. She said she spent all day. Yep. She never saw any of the competition because she was backstage interviewing people. I haven't seen any of that. Oh, it was uh, Nils. That's who I, when I was talking to him. Yeah. Because I asked him, I was like, you got interviewed, right? And he said, yeah. I'm like, I haven't seen any of that yet. And he hasn't either. Right. So, and I know they have a lot of footage. So there are some things that are concerning, but I still have hope that. Oh, I think, uh, I hope yeah. so too. I hope they get it worked out. There's, there's been events like this before though. NRA World Championship was like this where they, I think it was really popular for two years. They gave away like $50,000 to the winner of the overall event and it was like a combination you shot a f class event you shot a uspsa you shot a skeet you shot a idpa you shot a three gun a two gun you shot a sas wow single action shooting society like and you shot a bullseye you shot nra bianchi as and then it was like a total score the winner got a lot of money like there's been these one-off events before they come around for a couple years because they're solely financed by somebody and then they don't get enough attention to make it worthwhile to have that financier continue to do it or have a new one step in place and continue to give away that same money. So whoever um, figures what, out a, a way to get the attention and the eyeballs on it to have year over year attention and the sponsors see it worth it, it's not going to like succeed until then. I do feel that, uh, the way social media has grown that, that, you know, that might be the way, but again, you need someone who can market it properly, you know? Yeah. That's going to so. be tough because you're limited on where you can market it at YouTube. All the social medias are cracking down even more so now than before. I don't think our sport could be put up there. We change mags at this point. It's totally against the, their rules. They have some I mean, new rule where you can't show inserting a magazine into a gun. So you can't, you wouldn't be able to show that on there on if you use YouTube. Which platform? Oh, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. Well, you've got Rumble. I mean, I'm not saying that it's great, yeah. but there, there are alternates that just be building that base of people. But the, the, if I was approached to do it tomorrow, I would put an event together, put them video together, put a crew behind it that could get it up pretty quickly. I would have social media being blasted out as the event happens and leading up to it. So leading up to it, build a hype and then like have the event happen and then like rent a spot out on the outdoor channel. You can basically buy that time from them because that's how most of the shows are put on there anyway. So you buy like an hour right. spot on that and you play it over you buy like a 30 minute spot and over a four week period, you have each kind of section narrowed down. You, you have to spot highlight people like how UFC, you can point back to a specific time when they became popular in my opinion. And what I've seen is when they highlighted Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell, that's when UFC changed from being unknown to known. Now Tito and Chuck became more popular than UFC for a certain amount of time. Right. But UFC overall became more popular at the end, and it is now bigger than any one individual. And you would have to have a couple of those individuals that you promote out that become bigger than what the event is or the organization until a certain amount of time where new people come in, you bring those like personalities. You all might need a like a wrestle world wrestling federation person to come in and like script it almost mm. and have like a good guy a bad guy kind of like top shot did like there's a way to do this it 
it would take a lot of planning. You can't just do one event. It's going to take multiple over more than one time period. Yeah, I mean, the UFC, they really blew up when they did the Ultimate Fighter. So And they did have all the drama in the house. Yep. So you had all that, and then that really... And then you had the Stefan Bonner uh, fight. Uh, why am I not thinking the other guy's name? Forrest? Uh, yeah, Forrest Griffin. Yeah. Uh, that fight from really the first season, was right? the turning point. Yep, from season one. They could not... Literally, the the WWE could not have scripted that better than how that fight ended up because, you know, Stefan Bonner just passed away recently and all the chatter was, you know, it was literally that fight that really put the UFC on a different trajectory when people saw that. So, and it's, it's grown over time. I mean, that's why the ESPN got so involved in it. Yeah. So I agree. Now, there is a company out there that video production-wise can do it can do it very well and do it quickly, and that's Josh Fralick. I mean, I thought yeah. he put out some really high-quality stuff at Karyopics Nationals. So, yeah, he did, and he only focused on the people. He didn't focus on the shooting event portion nope. of it, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was pretty cool. It was awesome. It was good. It was like yeah. you could actually see what is happening in real time. Yeah, it was pretty neat. And I, I thought for as quickly as he was putting that stuff out, I was like, wow, that is really well done. It's amazing what you get when you hire a professional service to do it, not the <laughs> – it, it's amazing what you get when you hire professionals to do it, not people that are doing it as a ancillary job to their current position. Oh, yeah. I get that. And I don't think that's any slight towards anybody. I mean, that's, you know, a professional is always going to do the better job. Yeah. That's what they do. So it's hard to beat them. Well, I was going to bring up PCSL, but we're already two hours and 13 minutes into this thing. Yeah, there'll be some time <laughs> cut out in there. PCSL, PCSL is interesting. It's kind of like the only art alternative right now to USPSA. They don't have any funding mechanism to grow that at any point except for big matches they host so i don't right. know how sustainable it is in the long run yeah and i don't know what max is trying to do with it you know yeah um, i don't I think don't he's, he's trying, trying to be a uspsa or IDPA i don't think he is point. either no but i've seen like here one of the matches here just held one and yeah. i know they're starting to show up in different places so it's just getting popular in general. Yeah. There's one one range around here that's hosting them. Okay. Uh, I haven't attended yet. I think the rules are interesting. I, I think yeah, it's one, neat. I don't I don't think it'll replace USPSA in a while, but which I don't no, think but it I mean, was meant to. Could it replace, you know, two gun or something like that? You know, who knows? But could it be the two gun what USPSA is to two gun? Yes, it could be. I know like the, the match that I saw here that I saw everybody's videos from the range didn't allow five, five, six. So it was all PCC and pistol, but yeah, still yeah. cool. I mean, still fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can still stretch that out. I mean, if you wanted, you know, hundred yard so, easily. Uh, if yep. you ask a USPSA shooter, like, should they try to shoot what the gun's capable of to test it? And you'll get a overwhelming response of no, they want to shoot those PCCs at the handgun stages. They do not want to test the ability of those guns. Well, Except that, for in, I've asked people, definitely. I've, I've posted about it. I get feedback. People always say that they don't, they do not want to shoot a PCC only match that would test the equipment and the shooter for the ideal platform that it's on. They want to test it on handgun stages. Well, there's, that's not, well, you're taking out the, the only test there is the person. I mean, because there's, that's not testing the equipment. You know what I mean? Not at all. No, it's not uh, testing the person with the equipment though, either. No, but I mean, the people who aren't serious about it, it might be, but the people who are, this, that's not a test. You're right. I, I would, like you, I, I would, or I'm assuming like you, um, I definitely want to see a PCC only where 
not only are you testing the person, but now you're testing the equipment and the person. Yeah. Together. You should be able to shoot an offhand shot on a 50 plus yard target with those. No problem. Those tests should be in the matches if I was going to shoot it, but asking the current people that shoot it, they don't want that. So it doesn't really make sense to add it. I would here. Here you go. Now we'll see what kind of feedback we get. Um, I would say 75 yards and beyond tuxedo targets. Not necessarily freehand, but, you know, out of a port. So if you want to rest it, that's fine. But Ooh, that's I, I want to see some challenging stuff. Yeah. It's it's not a penalty. It's just either a, a hit or not. You yeah. know what I mean? I wasn't thinking that hard, but yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm a rifle guy, so I, okay. I that would be fun to me. And uh, it can handle it, so it can do it. The gun, the guns can shoot up to 200 accurately on a USPSA target, no yeah. problem. It might get a little Putting, tricky if you're in like St. George and the wind is, yeah, you know, well, yeah, at 100 yards, but that's okay. The guns could out. do that if they wanted to test the shooting shooter's ability to shoot those shots. It's not outside the like mechanical accuracy of the guns. Absolutely. That'd be like asking a, a pistol shooter to shoot 50 yards. The guns are yeah. mechanically capable of doing that. Now, can the shooter do that with those guns? It shouldn't be hard. I mean, look, I, I, I mean, it's pretty. Those are pretty tough shots. On an open target? Yeah, for the bulk majority of people, yeah, that's really tough. I would have not thought that, but okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're B class and above, how hard is it to just hit a C? At because here's why. You have the time like I, factor involved too, though. You have what? You have the time to do it also involved. You don't have unlimited time. No, you don't. But I mean, if you're only talking, I mean, if you're talking an entire stage of 50 yards, but I mean, if you only have one, maybe two targets that are open at like two years ago, 2020, uh, stage 19 at Frostproof had that 42 yard target all the way down. Oh yeah. In the left. Yeah, I thought that was fine. Yeah. But when we shot it, it was raining. You could Bags. it was hard to see. It was bagged and it's raining. So it's like, uh <laughs> you know, I had to sit there and think, going, okay, where exactly am I gonna, you know, like where is where do I think the top of the A is? I zero my gun at 15 yards, and when I did the calculations, I am 0.6 inches low at 50 yards. That's why I do it at 15 yards. So literally, I should be able to just aim for the the A, the perforated yeah. A, wherever that would be, and still hit an A. Yeah. So that's why I say it, it shouldn't be hard. I'm not saying you're going to get an, an alpha every that's, time. That's, that's probably the limit on what should be tested with handguns, honestly. I don't know why you'd need to go farther, but <laughs> 50 yards to me and in, I mean... yeah. I've, I've been in other, I've done other training in the past, well before USPSA where, you know, 50 yard target wasn't unheard of. I mean, if you have one or two at nationals like that, that shouldn't be that hard. No, I, I think it, yeah, it's fine. One or two, but there's a point where now, uh, do people want to shoot stuff at that distance? That's what I'm kind of saying with PCC. They, the guns mm. are capable to 200 yards. Like, do people want to do it? No. They want to shoot stuff at seven yards and shoot it as fast as they can because it's fun. Right. Oh, and I get that. I mean, I, I get the fun part, but I, I don't think a hundred yards and in is asking much at a major match. You know, I'm not saying you have to go beyond a hundred if you're capable, but I think a good 75 yard shot. I think this, this you get the same number of people complain about, that 100-yard shot with PCC if you did a 50-yard shot with a handgun. You're probably right. So people will complain, say it's too much or too hard, but it's not. It, I, I don't know. I guess it just depends. Right. I, I, I think it all goes back to it's kind of like the, um, the mover slash swinger with yeah. the no-shoot. You know, yep. that to me is a little overboard. Yes. But – a mover and a swinger, that's, that's pretty cool. That's challenging yeah. for sure. Um, a 50-yard shot would be challenging under time. Yes. But if it's an open target, now if you start 
if you're shooting pistol and you're asking me to do a tuxedo target, no, that's that's so that's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, but 75 yards with a PCC through a port where you can put the gun down, that's not that hard. Because now you're bracing it, you know. So yeah, but that's, that's true. Just me. I think there's some some limits in there, but sure, of course, definitely got it. Uh, and I definitely think the nationals should be built around the people who are there to win the thing and not everybody else. I'm not going to go to carry optics nationals in June and threaten JJ or Nils or Mason or anybody else. So, or Isaac, you know, so build it around those top 30, 40 shooters and, and the rest of us will shoot what they're shooting. Yeah. I think that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. You'd see a greater gap between i think that would spread people out further i think that's a good thing yeah so do i they i don't think you'll current i don't think you'll see that with the current staff we have i'm wondering even if let's say the landscape of the bod changes in the next two years yeah i don't need i don't know that i feel that that's even something that would be considered then you know what i mean what do you mean? I could be wrong. Well, I mean, I, I don't see like building nationals around those top 30 to 40 shooters still being a thing per se. Um, it's not now. It's not now, though. I Yeah, I, I think it would take more changes than that to change that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, but I, I personally, I think that would be a good thing. I'd I'd like to see those top twenty, you know. Really, let's let's. I think I think you would. I think you would see a change in the order of those top twenty pretty dramatically. Mm, Okay. There are some people. Well, I I would like to see that. I think that would be interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I I think there's people in that top twenty that are probably better at the current way USPSA is set up than the other way. I I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I know exactly what you're saying. Couldn't agree with you more. I think you would open up some weaknesses that people would be like, oh, yep. I have got to go train on this, or I'm now going to not be on the Super Squad next year. Yep, 100%. Yeah, yeah I, I totally get what you're saying. But at the same time, I mean, if you want to be that guy then you should be the most well-rounded person. You don't, yeah. And again, you don't have to be number one in everything. You know, it's like a decathlon. You know, you True. just have to be a solid performer across everything. So yep. you get better shooters that way. I, I actually think the number one person wouldn't change it all, but <laughs> the people behind <laughs> that would. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. It, that guy, yeah, I mean... Nils is great. Nils is the... Well, I don't know. That's interesting. Eric's still around, I guess, so... Yeah. Yeah, he's... I, I think he's forever going to be the GOAT. Yeah. But in American shooting... Yeah, U.S. shooter. Yeah, it, he's number one by far. Even over Rob Latham? Right now, yeah. Okay. Over, over time, I don't... I mean, Nils has got probably 20, 30 more years to catch Rob. You, you think so at, at 33? He's got at least 10 more years. Oh, probably yeah, definitely more. 10. Yeah, he's probably got 20. But let's, let, for argument's sake, let's say we do a drastic realignment like we were talking earlier. Now that could change things. On divisions? Uh-huh. Mm, I don't, honestly. Well, the, you're, are you going to have like a limited 10 anymore where people, like we talked about, where people can collect certain no. trophies or titles. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, if you... And if you consolidate nationals, yes. now you don't have You wouldn't have as many opportunities, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. With all of that combined, it'd be hard to... He's. I mean, he's more It would than be hard to catch there, the number, still. right? The number of national yes. titles, yeah. That would be tough. Yeah, it would be. But he'd still be right there in that conversation. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh, ridiculous. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. 
it was interesting talking to him when he went to uh, talking to him after the world shoot and how he hadn't picked up that gun that he shot in forever, you know, and he didn't want to shoot that in world shoot, but that's what he qualified with. So that's what he was there for. Yeah. The whole, that whole thing was weird because people qualified with one gun and never picked that gun up after that or switched to three different divisions throughout that time and picked a different division than they qualified with. It was, you'll probably never see anything like that again. Well, good. Right, yeah, Hopefully we never see too. a two year delay like that ever again. Yeah, that was, that was tough. Yeah. That was hard on everybody. Well, Matt, that's what I've got. All right. I feel like, I feel like we've covered everything. Was there any last thoughts? No, I think it'll be interesting to uh, see what the board does after that. So uh, in the minutes. I agree. And I was just checking. It's still not up. So we'll have to just keep an eye on it and see what comes down. Yeah. Yeah. Refrain right. from saying anything else on that. Okay. I like that for your sake. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, Matt. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. Until next time, don't be a little bitch. Yeah.